Blog Talk Radio. What's going on, Block Talk Radio Nation? It is Friday, and you are tuned into the cutting room floor. I am LeVar, and as always, I am joined by my lovely co-host, Mary. What's going on? Not a whole heck of a lot. How are you? I'm doing all right. Doing all right. We've been away from the folks here for a couple of weeks, and I know one of those weeks was uh, our annual... (laughs) Semi-annual now. Yeah, semi-annual co-host bonding trip. Um, <laughs> we, we, we didn't go to the, uh, you know, the uh, Yellowstone or to the national parks or to a, a fancy uh, resort or anything like that. Just, just get out of Chicago. But um, wait a second, that was a that was a possibility. Why wasn't I notified? Uh, no, it wasn't in the budget. Uh, <laughs> see, our budget got cut before PBS's did. So no. <laughs> Yeah, and it was worse. You know, it's bad when I go to Big Bird for a loan, and he just told me to tweet off. So yeah. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Are you Big Bird? <laughs> Cost the job. Yes, it's all those bird seeds he takes. But um. <laughs> <laughs> the closest but to we, politics will ever come. Oh yes, that's, yeah, that's, that's about as close as we'll get. But but just a reminder for more. Uh, witty witticisms and everything else you can catch us on our twitter page at news comment uh or you can catch mary over at blue eyes mama mm-hmm. and there you will find all of the links to our shows as well as on our official web page at news btr.wix.com forward slash fan page and there you'll find the links to our email and itunes and all that other good stuff so, with that, takes us into the show, and uh, Mary was laughing at me because I told her, you know, on most weeks that I don't know what I'm going to begin to show off with, I don't know in what order I'll do the stories, and this happens to be one of those days. So, I was quite interested and taken aback by a story that I saw, uh, well, actually, before I get to that one, I'm just going to remind you that the story that I did tease a couple of weeks ago, I'll get to that in a minute. But usually here we'll talk about dating, um, things that are uh, some of the latest methods of dating or sites and things like that, just as a public service to all of you here, because I know some of you are still single. But um, this does not help at all. He is perhaps dubbed the world's unluckiest bachelor. Now, Larry Greenfield can't understand why he has not met his wife. He's successful, single, and he's not cheap. And in the past 12 years, the 47-year-old has spent over $65,000 on matchmaking services, according to the New York Post. Now, 250 blind dates later, he's still single, and he's blaming his former matchmakers. He says, quote, you pay them up front, and they don't provide a service. They tell you how wonderful you are, whatever you want to hear. Now, the retired Wall Street trader 
seems to have approached his quest for a wife more like a business acquisition. He says, quote, my job right now is meeting a girl. And uh, this has now kind of gone viral. Now, you know, it's not exactly a romantic notion, but neither is paying money for a setup. But with his laundry list of requirements for a partner, he figured matchmaking was his best bet, and it wasn't. And according to Maureen Nelson, who was one of his former matchmakers, she told Yahoo that, quote, he's, his problem is he's a six and he wanted tens. <laughs> and she claims he chose his dates through uh, her based on photos and profiles, but still came back unsatisfied. He said there was no chemistry, but he picked the women. Now, at press time, he did not respond to a request for comment. But, you know, you read the rest of this article, and it, it kind of goes on to, uh, you know, talk about different people that, you know, he set himself up with and the whole thing about uh, his uh, needing to lower his expectations and everything else, but uh, you read this, and now I, I, I don't. First of all, sixty-five thousand um, dollars—that's quite a lot to be spending on matchmaking services. But um, at this stage of the game, and I think I talked about this with somebody last night, when things don't tend to work out. Now, we'll get to the part about him spending all this money and everything else, but it brought up another question. I only brought one up recently. But when things like this don't work out, there are a lot of people out there who will tell you to lower your expectations. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Now, see, I don't like the term lowering your expectations. I call it tweaking what you have available to you. I don't think it's about lowering expectations. I mean, I think he should lower his expectations. That's very specific. He's expecting that one of these women that he's going to go see for the very first time is going to spark something and it's going to be perfection. He might want to he might want to lower those expectations. It's not going to happen right off the bat. The his standards, lowering your standards on what you want. No. I don't think you should lower that if you don't want to. Now, she, I saw the picture of him. The um, matchmaker that says he was a six was being very kind. Um, I would not, here's the thing, I wouldn't find him attractive. He might be a very, he might be a wonderful man. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt on this one. He might be wonderful. He might be the perfect person for somebody that wants to have someone take control of their lives together and their relationship together and drive that forward. Unfortunately, in this day and age, you're not going to find a lot of women that are just going to sit back and go, you tell me what to do and I will do it. I'm, I'll be at home, I'll cook, I'll clean, I'll bring you your slippers and your martini and your cigar. And I, you're not going to find a lot of women like that. It's well, just not going to happen. Well, there are women that do say, you tell me what to do and I'll do it, except that 65000 that he paid for the matchmakers, but <laughs> we'll probably go into that. <laughs> well, that's a little different. Um, but you're not going to find a lot of women that you're going to want to have a relationship with with that kind of chemistry right off the bat. I think that's where the problem's lying for him more than anything. He's expecting it to be, you know, I want – he wants a trophy wife. He wants that one person, that successful person that is – the trophy wife for him, and that's fine. He can have that. That can be his that his um, standard. But you're not going to find a lot of women like that. And right off the bat, like one date, 
You're not gonna. It's not gonna happen. Yeah. You can't tell that after just one date. So, <clears throat> yes, lower expectations. No, you don't have to lower your standards. This guy's a weirdo. <laughs> Those are my three answers. Well, yeah, it, it just. I mean, like I said, I mean, we're all looking for love. Uh, but yeah, I, I think to spend that much money uh, on that at that point, after ten thousand, you should have known something was not right. And if he's smart enough, I mean, he's a Wall Street trader. He should be smart enough to know when people are just saying, you know, oh yeah, you're a ten, and you're gonna find that ten. I mean, let's face facts. I think we all know. Well, I think we all know sometimes what our limit is or what we're going to attract. But even then, sometimes it is different. Like me, I know I'm a two. I'm lucky you are not to, a two. I am lucky if we were going to say that you are a two, then this guy is way below. He's in a negative category, okay? I'm going to and say I'm not I just am... saying that because you're paying me money, which you still owe me for last month. Um, <laughs> in the mail. I'm lucky now, to have attracted it's not, it's not even that, but setting the standards is, is you've seen guys, that, and I know I've seen guys, that and women, and it goes both ways. I'm not saying just men. I'm saying both women and men. I've seen people, and I go, whoa, how did that happen? You know, there's the ten. <laughs> did you actually say whoa? Had <laughs> yes. No. Well, it, it's kind of like, well, it, 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 you know you know what that reminds me of when you said, whoa, how's that happen? It, it's almost like Christina Hendricks and her husband. Exactly. It, <laughs> Hello. How did that happen? <laughs> Uh, and why can't I be that four? And I'm sure he's that is good, with that ten. And I'm sure he's a good guy. I love Christina Hendricks. I'm sure he's a good guy. He's, he's probably I, a very good guy. And the first time I saw them together, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. what the heck? <laughs> exactly. Speaking of Christina Hendricks, you, you like Uh-oh. how I'm sliding into this? Yes, don't you? that's a very good transition. Yeah. <laughs> Don't ever call Christina Hendricks full figure. Now, the Batman actress, near, she nearly stopped an interview with Australian Sun-Herald when her interviewer, Kate Waterhouse, asked her, quote, you have been an inspiration as a full-figured woman. What is the most inspiring story that you can remember where you've inspired someone? Now, at that point, Hendricks gave an uncomfortable giggle, shook her head, and said, quote, I don't know, I'm sorry, and she then looked off to the side, presumably at her publicist, who told Waterhouse to rephrase the question. She rephrased it, but then she started, and she said, and quote, you've been known as an inspiration for women as being a full figure. And Hendricks interrupted and said, you just said it again. Now, Waterhouse was then asked to stay away from body questions and switch gears to asking about uh, Spec Savers 2012 spe- uh, Spectacle Wear of the Year competition that she was attending. And then the Sun-Herald reports that Hendricks explained off-camera, quote, I think calling me a full figure is just rude. Now, Hendricks, who um, celebrates her uh, three-year anniversary with her husband, uh, or celebrated this week, has been very open about her famous curves in the past, and she said, quote, if there's anything to be learned from me is that I'm learning to celebrate what I was born with, even though it's sometimes been inconvenient. Having larger breasts made it harder for me to shop throughout the years, but I've learned to love it. Now, she obviously tre- hasn't. She's a big fat liar. Uh, <laughs> I'm treading, I'm treading lightly into this. I love Christina. Anybody who knows me knows I love Christina Hendricks. Thinks the world of her. Do you think she kind of just took this a little bit 
far beyond what it was. I don't think the question itself was that bad. Um, I don't know how else she could have said it. Like I said, it's coming from a woman herself. So I, I, I don't know. Help me here. I, 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 what does that when, help you with? She's a big fat liar. <laughs> <laughs> On what? When she says, "I've learned to love it," she obviously has it. There's nothing wrong with being called full. I'm full figured. I'm not. I. She's got breasts, okay, and they are large and in charge, and that's all there is to it. She's got a tiny waist, she's got nice hips, and she can fill out a 1950s Stepford Wife dress, sundress thingy with tiny itty-bitty, like, big fat belt. She could fill that out and have the boobs overflowing out the top and have people drooling, like tongue, like those cartoon wolf dogs that have the tongue roll out and across the floor. Seriously, Actually, that was she's a beautiful, <laughs> beautiful woman. She's beautiful. She's yeah. a beautiful woman. And she's got a great personality normally. But when somebody says, you're full-figured, and she goes, no, uh, don't say that, but then says in a different interview, I've learned to love. No, you haven't, because you're you're denying that you're full-figured. You are full-figured. <laughs> don't say that you've learned to love it if you can't answer the certain certain question. It was not, in, it was not rude. <clears throat> it was not a slam. If anything, it was... In, she was asking about she's been inspirational to people that have body image issues. Jeez Louise, get off your high horse. You are not a size two, you're a size six with a size ten boobs. I can't help you. So if someone Sorry. came to you and, and called you full figure, you would not be offended? I would I would I would giggle and say, Sweetie, I'm more than full figured. I'm full figured plus. No, you're not. <laughs> Are you kidding? I got more. I got stuff that goes on for days. Um, <laughs> well, uh, no, but it's seriously, it's, I would I would consider that a compliment. Um, yes, I am full-figured. I'm full-figured. I have to go to Lane Bryant to get shirts because I can't find shirts in a normal store because they don't make shirts for women with boobs my size. I'm full-figured. It's just the way that it is. And if you learn to love it, then you wouldn't be offended by that statement. Now, if she, if the um, reporter would have used something like, you know, you're chunky or um, <clears throat> BBW, yes, you're the BBW, yeah, something like yeah. that, <laughs> then I'd be like, yeah, now you're getting to be offensive. Yeah, and I, and I was like, this is almost if it made her feel uncomfortable. I was like, yeah, the question then, I was like, think about it. It came from a fellow woman who I would think knows. You know about body image or you know being offensive and things of that nature, and I think I, I can't think of any other way. And it was the question was more meant as a positive thing because she was asking. You've inspired a lot of women because you know really you know TV shows in the last few years. I mean, if there was a full figured woman on, it was usually a sidekick or somebody there for comedy purposes and. Mm-hmm. You know, to have her on in a role in which it's not that, and that she is well liked, well respected, and everything else, it, you know, was uh, it it was meant more as a positive thing, not as a negative. But I, I guess she just had a bad day and took it negative, and yeah. Or she's a big fat liar, one or the other. <laughs> 
But Christina, you're great, but don't ever think just because somebody called you that and it was a negative. So, yeah. <clears throat> Going on to the next story. Weeks after Northside Independent School District in San Antonio rolled out its new smart IDs that track students' geographic location, the community is still at odds with the program. The Student Locator Project, which is slated to eventually reach 112 Texas schools and close to 100,000 students, is in trial stages in two Northside District schools. In an effort to reduce truancy, the district has issued new student IDs with an embedded radio frequency identification uh, well, it's a chip that tracks the location of a student at all times. And that program officially launched October 1st at John Jay High School and Anson Jones High Middle School. And without the badges required to be worn around the neck, students cannot access common areas like the cafeteria or library and cannot purchase tickets to extracurricular activities. Now, WND um, reports that the district has threatened to suspend, fine, or involuntary transfer students who fail to comply, and officials have noted that there will, quote, be consequences for refusal to wear an ID card as we begin to move forward with full implementation. Now, parents and students from the school spoke out against the project last month, and now uh, WND is reporting that schools are taking the restrictions one step further. Uh, one sophomore at a school there at John Jay refused to wear the new IDs, citing religious beliefs, and instead sticking with her old badge from previous years, calling the tracking devices, quote, the mark of the beast. Uh, she tells uh, sources that the new badges make her uncomfortable and are an invasion of privacy. And uh, it pretty much was uh, used for people or students who were chronic uh, truants. And um, it was costing the district $175,000 daily for low attendance figures, which in part determined school funding. And they say that higher attendance could lead to more state funding in a neighborhood uh, of $1.7 million. And this is why they're doing this program. But I have, uh, I, I know people who are in Texas and they've talked about uh, some of the things that were going on with that, and they are pretty much all against it. I'm kind of on the fence here. I was disturbed when I heard about that because I'm thinking, you know, if I'm in high school, I, I do what I'm supposed to do. Why do you need a tracking device on me at all times? But then I was like, that is their school, and I guess to bridge things from happening, you know, they need to pretty much know where you're at. But it is an invasion of privacy. And I would say if you're going to start this program, that it should be only on your most chronic uh, truancy cases, not punishing the rest of these you read but you can't do one. Yeah, I know. You can't do one without the other. But I was like... Well, <laughs> and got... that's where the school is coming from. Everybody has to wear it or nobody has yeah, to wear pretty it. Much, so which is, it's which all is, or nothing. Which is unfortunate. And I, and I was like, and if it's going to be all or nothing, then I prefer you just not do it at all. Because it, it's, to me, it is an invasion of privacy. And I know there's going to be people that say, well, it's just around the school and it's for safety and blah, 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 blah. But if it starts there, what else is it going to be? You know? Right. Oh, no, no, I agree with you. I don't think you should have to do it at all. I don't. I think uh, the the problem with the truancy came up, I mean, we were we had truants when we were in school, and we didn't have to have radio frequency ID cards. You know, I didn't even have an ID card in high school. Yeah, maybe I did. My senior year I did. 
But all we used it for was to check out books, you know. Um, so, and that was late, that was mid-90s. Um, with ID cards and having to wear them and uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and having that chip in there, I, I think it's I think it's wrong. I think it's it's come up because of the no child left behind thing. Because yeah. I know when I was in school, if you didn't make it, you got held back. Mm-hmm. You got stuck. Sorry. And if you were a 14 year old in fourth grade, that sucked to be you. Or they just failed them and kicked them out of school, and those were the guys that ended up, you know, in jail. I know that's not right, but it's one of those things where we have to have it one way or the other. Everybody's trying to have it both ways. They're trying to have everybody gets to get through school so that we can have a 100% graduation rate, which is not going to happen. But then we want, you know, this. But we also want to make sure that we can watch these people. But we can't watch these people without watching everybody. But we don't want to watch everybody and say that we're in their privacy. So we're going to do it this way. And it's, you can't have it both ways, people. Pick something. It's either there's no child left behind and we have to deal with this, which I think is wrong, or no child left behind and you deal with losing money for the truants because the government's telling you that you have to push these kids through, or you go back and you say, guess what? They're truant too too much. They're getting held back, and if they don't show up next year, they're out of school. And it's done. And those children that are not going to school and are not learning are the ones that are going to be at the bottom of the heap. I just, I don't, it's one or the other. I just, I don't like people trying to do, like, have their cake and and then eat the ice cream at the same time. You just can't do it. Yeah, it's, uh... Yeah, it's just it's so much, and I'd just like I'd rather you just not do it at all. But yeah, it is a lot of an issue. But if they have their way, that will potentially exactly. Be... Now, now, if you want to, if you absolutely want to say no, we need to you know cover the truants and all that other stuff, then you better identify them and say these are the people that are identified. You have to carry these because you were identified as these people. And when they cry discrimination, be like, no, listen, we based it on this. The only way they can get rid of not having to carry that card is by showing that they're not truant. Done. It's one or the other. I just I don't, and I and I would go with don't. Yeah. Nope. I am it's the parents' agree. job, not the school's job, to watch where their kids are. Yeah. Well, going to our story a couple of weeks ago before we ran out of time. And I hope we don't run out of time on this one, but I thought it was pretty interesting, and I saw this article posted. Um, it was on Shine at Yahoo, and it was a guy who wrote about something that I think that a lot of people are afraid to discuss in their relationship sometime, where it's almost like that Pandora box. You don't want to open it, and you don't want to know it's in there. And he talked about... Um, dating and actually dating by numbers. And when I mean dating by numbers, he meant partners. And he says, you know, um, he's had a lot of partners. And he says, yeah, so what? Who has it? Well, when you ask that, I have it. Yeah, I know. There's been a lot of people who have it. <laughs> he says he doesn't share his numbers because he doesn't even know it, which is more disturbing. And he said, that isn't because my number is some insane and calculable amount. I remember the good ones. I remember what's important and what actually meant something. That's even more disturbing. He says, but as for his number, 
It means nothing, and yours should not either. The same goes for your partner, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, prospective lover. He says most people get ridiculed day after day because of a silly number. Regardless of if you had sex with supermodels or Alex Rodriguez, the present is what matters. The present meaning today. You're not going to marry A-Rod or Giselle. He says, I mean, unless you're Tom Brady, of course, but that dude can throw a football 100 yards. He says, where I'm getting at is just because you had a pass filled with the likes of gorgeous people, countless one-night stands, and multiple partners doesn't mean that is who you are or who you will become. It's what you're doing now that matters. What matters even more is that the last number to make its uh, way on your list. And then he says... Pretty much like if your significant other's number gets bigger while you're together, that's a bit of a problem. Otherwise, don't read it too, too much. Brush it right off your shoulder. People have meaningless sex all the time. Hence the large numbers that we have. He says, it's what else is going on that matters. It's what uh, he or she is doing with you that he or she hasn't done with any of those, uh, however, in many others. He says, let's not cry over spilled milk or make a mountain out of a molehill. People have passed. There's nothing anyone can do about it unless you're driving a DeLorean. I don't think that they sell those at the car dealership near you. Don't let your partner's number become your number one concern. Don't let it haunt the relationships you built. There isn't much else left to say about this topic. A number is just a number. The only number that matters is you. One. Now, I read that, and I was quite amused, and we only got four minutes here, but should... A number in a relationship matter. And second of all, I think this guy has something more to hide than anything else if he's worried about what people think about his number. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, If you are that concerned about the number, you should not be with that person. You're right, it's a Pandora's box. You don't want to know the answer, but you want to know the answer. You want to look inside the box, but you know you shouldn't open it. If you're going to open it, then live with it. And do exactly what that guy says, which is, who cares? Now, the whole large number un you know meaningless sex i i don't have anything that's called meaningless you know sex to me is is meaningful at least to me um it's very important you know it, it's very intimate it's between two people it's it's i don't give that up freely so my number is actually very small but and the huge but in there is if you're one of those few people or many people, or maybe I'm in the pew now, that have large numbers, who gives a flying rat's patoot? <laughs> Unless you were reckless in that pursuit of the number. I think the only time I want to know about someone's past is if it comes down to, I think, uh, sexually transmitted disease. Right. You know, I don't need to know the number. I just need to know what you got. Uh, and at that point, <laughs> you know. <laughs> have you been tested? Are Have you been tested or whatever? That's all I want to know. You know, it's like I don't care if you had sex with a hundred people. I don't care if you had sex with two people. Well, like my parents know. have only had sex three times in their entire life. That, that me, you know. Marie, and Katie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's you know. <laughs> that's the only one. No, that's the only ones that are allowed. Any other sexual pursuits that were any time, anywhere, any place else, don't need to know. None of my business. <laughs> I am fully on denial. I will be completely, I, I've made myself believe in my little world that my parents have only had sex three times. I've only had sex once, Morgan. <laughs> Lies, of course. Uh, but I hear thunder. That's, <laughs> <laughs> but that's the point. That That is the point. It's either, do you have children? Okay, so I know you had sex with these children. That's going to come up in a relationship. Are you clean? 
those are the only two things that I need to know. Well, we got two minutes left. I want to go to this last story, which I, I loved, and I wish it were me. But um, for charity, uh, anything for a good cause, right? Top Chef host Padma Lakshmi helped raise money for charity Monday night at the <laughs> annual Capital Food Flight event benefiting the D.C. Central Kitchen in Washington, D.C. And all she had to do was let a total stranger eat some ham off of her beautiful body. But it cost them. For $1,000, this gentleman got to nibble a piece of burrito ham off of her collarbone. And... Um, you know, I'd have to say that gentleman was quite a lucky gentleman. For $1,000, would you uh, let Where? anybody? <laughs> <laughs> we had a long, for the listeners, we had a very long discussion about this, and I said, money, for money, I need to know what kind of food and where. Then we can discuss and then that got into another interesting argument about something else that I figured out about it, and I did not know. <laughs> yes, that makes me creep out and crawl into a fetal position. Yes. But that's a whole discussion. That's a whole show on its own. So, so it all depends on when and where. But uh, with that, the clock is forcing us because we've got not a lot of time left. Uh, any shout-outs that you want to uh, give out this week? Uh, no, but I did meet somebody that was one of our loyal listeners, so hi to him. Hi. Oh. Now that he knows what I actually, that I do actually exist. <laughs> well, I'm not a robotic voice on the other end of the phone. Well, my shout-out this week, because we only got 20 seconds, my shout-out is to you. Happy birthday. You will be celebrating a birthday tomorrow. Yay! So... Yay. Yeah, I would do a harmonica solo, but I cannot find my harmonica for some reason. I think somebody threw it out on me, but... Um. Darn. I knew I, I knew I did a good thing. Yes, I, yeah, I owe you one. Birthday <laughs> to you, ma'am. And uh, like I said, the clock on the wall is telling us our time is up. So until next we meet for Mary, the birthday girl, I'm LeVar. Thanks so much for listening, everybody, and we'll see you next week. Peace.